It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East, our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and the stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook, as always, with Providence Journal beat writer and author Kevin McNamara. And for our final program of the 2016-17 college basketball season, we come to you from the world's most famous arena in New York and the site of the 35th anniversary Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. And, Kev, I wanted to take just a little bit of time off the top here uh, to do a little scene setting and maybe even a little reminiscing about coming to the Garden. You know, for those that have not had the chance to be here to take in and witness some of our sports history's truly memorable moments in time, let me just say this. You need to put the garden on your bucket list. It can be that special, don't you think? And you need to put it on for the Big East Tournament. A college basketball game is, is a special event here in New York City and certainly the entire stretch of a Big East Tournament. And You know, John, this is a special place for me. I went to Syracuse. I grew up in Providence, went to Syracuse. I've seen a lot of Big East games from the very start. And I'll never forget the first time I walked into the garden. I had a great student seat, really close. I looked to my left, and I saw Red Auerbach and Dave Gavitt, wow. like 10 rows up in uh, you know, center court. And I said, wow, this is big time. That's a power couple. That's a power couple. <laughs> you know, Jerry West, all the scouts used to come. I, I mean, it, it's just a special, special place if you're a hoop guy. Well, so we're wondering, as we kind of uh, get this week underway here, we're wondering how just uh, how Madison Square Garden got its name. And we can tell you that Madison Square, in case you don't know, in New York City, is considered the intersection of Fifth Avenue and Broadway at 23rd Street. That's, that's what Madison Square is concerned. And Madison Avenue and Madison Square were named for the fourth president of the United States, James Madison. Now, I remember there was a time in my youth when the new garden, which opened, by the way, in 1968, that's this current building, uh, for those that don't know this place we're in today, is still considered the new garden to New Yorkers, as the original building was actually located on 26th and Madison Avenue and built back in 1879, followed by the second incarnation on the same site in 1890. Didn't last very long, right? In fact, the first one was actually open air, if you can believe that. And then the third incarnation in 1925, that was located on 8th Avenue between 49th and 50th streets. This place was originally constructed in 1968, opened actually in 68, but here on 33rd between 7th and 8th Avenue. So it's kind of moved around just a little bit. You might recall a $1 billion renovation that took three years to complete was actually finished up just three years ago, four years ago now in 2013. And this place is as palatial as it's ever been, wouldn't you say? There's no question. And, you know, we're doing our show right now, John, from the hockey box. So we're way, way up top. You get a full panorama here below and it's a great place for a concert i actually saw billy joel here that just last week billy joel's banner is hanging over here in the corner yeah i i think he's i think he's had about 67 68. shows 68, 68 shows. now and counting think about that uh it's it just it, it's a great place to be it's a great place to come to and uh again make sure you, you show up for a college hoop game well, boxing actually was always the premier sport in this building's history, even before boxing was legalized in this country. And my first memory of Madison Square Garden came back in 1971 when Joe Frazier met Muhammad Ali in their famous first fight of the century. Um, this building, however, is, of course, home to the Knicks of the NBA, the Rangers of the NHL, and home to the Big East Tournament 
for 35 years. And as for the games, the coaches, the players who have played here over time, you name them, well, Broadway has certainly had them here. They've been a big part of it overall for a number of years. It's really amazing to even think about that. Uh, They've had Broadway's light shine on them for quite a while. One of the top stories this week, Kev, it certainly will be a top story this weekend, is the NCAA tournament and how many teams from the Big East will be receiving invitations to participate in next week's national championship event. We talked about the possibility of 70% of this league, 7 out of 10 members, reaching the NCAAs. Do you think it will happen? I do think it will happen. Uh, I, I think all the teams that we're talking about, and you know, we're going to get into them throughout the show, did an excellent job in the preseason. You know, People forget about that. Those games in November and December are huge. That's where you build your resume, uh, improve your RPI, uh, quality wins against other really good teams, and then just battle like heck in the Big East. And uh, with the exception of Villanova, I-, I think all of these teams really look alike from Butler to Creighton to Seton Hall to Providence to Marquette. And uh, I do think Xavier's going to make it. I think Xavier's the one that has legitimate uh, reason to worry. Well, the topic will undoubtedly continue to come up in conversation over the course of the program today. And this week we'll visit with the Big East Coach of the Year, the Player of the Year, and we'll get some national perspective on just where the league ranks in terms of NCAA placements and seedings from a guy who has seen every one of these 35 Big East tournaments at Madison Square Garden. The games this year so far have been exciting. They've been physical. They've been hotly contested. And maybe most of all, They've been fun to watch, not just here in the tournament, but all season long in the Big East Conference. Yeah, again, Villanova, you know, 15-3, and God bless them, you know, really four years in a row to win this league is not easy at all, and they're going to have to grind. Uh, The the current senior class has had a historic run at Villanova. They've won one Big East tournament. I know they want to make it too. Well, one of the best stories this year has been the play also of the Butler Bulldogs, and after two big losses from last year's team in terms of personnel, Coach Chris Holtman rolled the dice. He came up with a couple of graduate transfers that have solidified and deepened the rotation to the point where that rotation was good enough to finish second in the league after being picked for sixth in the preseason polls. And what do you know? But they apparently know what it takes to knock off the champs in Villanova, having beaten the Wildcats twice already this season. How exactly did they do that? We'll ask the Big East Coach of the Year, Chris Holtman, just that next this week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. Big East Spotlight. Brunson brings it forward. Shots up. Doesn't matter. 74-66. The Dogs do it again. A regular season sweep over Villanova. And the first time since 2013 that the Wildcats have lost inside the pavilion. Butler's Bulldogs finished the regular season 23-7, and 12-6 in Big East play. Good for the second spot behind Villanova. But did we mention the Dogs fought the Cats twice this year and won both times? 
Just part of the reason that Chris Holtman was voted Coach of the Year by his coaching peers in the Big East Conference this season, Kevin McNamara and I had a chance to visit with Coach Holtman just after the announcement was made. Coach, first of all, congratulations on being named Coach of the Year. Quite an honor, especially coming, I guess, from the rest of the coaches in the league. It is. It's, I think, the highest honor when it's you're recognized by your peers. There's no question, especially a peer group like this that uh, is this talented and this gifted as coaches. So it means a lot. The season that you guys have had this year overall, uh, you know, I'm not sure quite if it was expected. What did you expect before this season started? Not this, you know, not this. I just, people ask me that and I've just been honest. I thought we had a chance to be um, good, but I didn't know what that looked like with six of our 11 guys being new. Uh, They just have really meshed together well. We've had a lot of ups, a few downs like any team's team will have, but we had a lot of ups. Picked sixth preseason. Uh, a lot of coaches like to use that as fuel, but sixth in the Big East is an NCAA team. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, was that? Did you sell that as you know a little bit of a knock to your team, or, or six again is is not all that bad? Uh, no, I think I think we did. I think we utilized it uh, as I'm sure Ed did uh, at PC, and uh, you know if I could just say something about the job that he did, I, I just it was. I've told him this. Uh, it's so impressive, and uh, I think he's one of the very best coaches out there. Uh, that, that's why this means a lot when you're in this group of coaches. Uh, and I'm sure it wasn't unanimous. Unanimous. It shouldn't have been unanimous. There's a lot of great coaching jobs that deserve a lot of recognition. But, uh, yeah, we did use it as, as fuel and motivation. I think anybody does. And um, we did realize that once we had an 11-1 start and had the kind of national ranking and RPI, we became an important win for people. Uh, but we still, if we don't play with an edge, I don't think we're nearly as good. Was there an early season game where you said, whoa, okay, we can be better than I thought? Arizona. Yeah, when we won the Vegas tournament in Arizona. I think uh, when we beat Northwestern, I knew we beat a good team, but it was at home. And I thought, okay, you got it. You beat a good team at home, a team that I think is going to play in the NCAA tournament. But they hadn't done it yet, so you didn't know. When you beat Arizona, even though they were down a player, I think it validated what I thought we could be. So. And you also knocked off Villanova twice. You want to give us any hints as to how you did that? <laughs> They probably missed some shots they normally make. Uh, that has to be, you know, that's something to do with it. And um, I don't know that we have a recipe for for them beating them at all. I think we probably just caught them on a couple good nights. Um, and there's, they're, you know, they have the, what they've done in this league has elevated the entire league and every program in the league. And uh, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Where was the teaching moment for your guys this year? Where do you think that moment came from? We lost at Indiana State. That was a teachable moment for sure. Um, I think it, it brought us uh, some perspective and, and probably needed humility because um, we were undefeated at that point. Um, but I, it, throughout the year, when you win or lose, we try to use every moment as a teachable moment. Chris, I'm curious uh, what your uh, kind of thoughts were when you walked in and you saw your team here, which is, I guess, I understand a surprise. It was a surprise. We had just left practice, and I raced back to the hotel after practice to change, and, and uh, I didn't know they were going to be here, and they certainly um, didn't need to be here. It, it, you know, it, it's an emotional thing. It, it, um, I, you know, when I've said that they deserve the, the bulk of the credit for this along with my coaching staff, it's, I'm being genuine. I just think they're the ones that did it, and they, they make us look a whole lot better than we deserve at times. 
And when you guys consider, and I know you know this story as well as anybody, the emotional roller coaster that your team has been through over the last few years, not only with your getting the head coaching job to begin with a couple of years ago, but with some of the, the tragedies that you've had from some players and coaches and former players on this team, that's quite a roller coaster ride. It is, it is, and, and days like this uh, make you appreciate um, that you can bring something good to your university and, and to the into the school and, and positive recognition. We have had some difficult moments from how I came about being the head coach uh, to some of the real life, really tough life tragedies that we've had. Um, and I think that has given us a necessary perspective that probably 18 to 22 year olds don't normally have, um, that there is a whole lot more to what we're doing than just wins and losses. And that's been important for us. Uh, but it's nice uh, when we can uh, take a day like today and and, um, and enjoy kind of what we've been able to accomplish up to this point. I think it's great that you thank both your president and your AD for taking a chance on you. I think they should thank you. Uh, you've certainly <laughs> made them look like geniuses. Your third straight NCA. You'll be in the NCA again this year. Uh, how have you learned from the last two years, and how do you feel about your team? You know, entering March. I feel good. I would have felt a lot better before Saturday because uh, we didn't perform very well Saturday. Seton Hall certainly had something to do with that. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I feel good about our team. And I think it, this has been a learning experience for me from, from day one coming in on as an interim and having to earn um, the respect of your team because they don't know what you're capable of and they don't know if you're going to help them achieve their dreams and what they want to achieve. Um, so you have to prove it to them. And I think in some ways that's been a real good lesson for me. You know, I've had two head coaching jobs. One, I was given a kind of a blanket, hey, go, we're going to be with you, win or lose, in these first couple of years. The second one, it was, you better earn what you get every single day. And I think I've learned from both of those experiences. Coach, how do you view overall, not only coming into a conference tournament week such as this, but also having to get your team ready for the ultimate yeah. tournament in the national championship? And do you put any sort of weight to either one over the other? Or do you look at this as sort of a, all right, this is the postseason, we're 0-0, we have nothing to do with the regular season. How do you, how do, you do that as a coach, as a coaching staff? Well, it's a great point. I think for us, we, we've... We've not won a game in the Big East tournament yet. We're we're zero and three, I believe. Is that right? Zero and three, and um, we have not. Uh, some of it's because, been because we haven't played particularly well. You know, we've emphasized that this is an important time for us, an important week for us. Um, obviously, the NCAA tournament is the be-all, end-all for every every program, but this is an important deal for us to continue to play well and hopefully come out with. Uh, some growth and progress and prepare us for what's coming next. You're in one and done right now. Right. So um, if you don't win, obviously it's going to be a quick exit. Uh, you said you haven't won in the Big East tournament, but you have won in the NCAA tournament, and you yeah. do have some you know, experienced guys who did that. Uh, I would imagine you're going to lean on them when you get uh, to wherever they place you. Yeah, we will. We will. And uh, it's interesting because, um, you know, we've, we've won two NCAA games in the last two years now some really important guys that were on those teams are gone. So I am interested to see how we kind of respond uh, with, a, with a new group and a bunch of guys who haven't kind of played in the NCAA tournament. We'll have two or three starters that haven't played a game in the NCAA tournament. That's fine. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll manage that. But uh, it does help when you have some guys that have been through it. And we've had two really close games in the second or third round, and, and uh, hopefully we can 
just approach it. We know we're going to play a very good team on, on day one, so hopefully we can approach it the right way. A deep team for Butler this year, but one that is experienced, Kevin McNamara, and they're going to rely on that next week, no question. Yeah, you know, their first-round game won't be easy, but my guess on their seed is maybe a four. Uh, that means in the second round, they'll have a very difficult game. Last year, they were knocked out by Virginia, played them very close. I could see a similar matchup next week. Who's hot? Well, the hot hands will be carrying their teams into the postseason this week and next, and we will run them all down for you next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. At Butler University, we've been called underdogs. We prefer overachievers. Here you'll be challenged to put your education into practice in the real world and gain the career experience to prepare you for the road ahead. So four years from now, your biggest challenge will be deciding which job offer to take. No matter where you end up, we'll help you get there. Butler Bulldogs aren't born. They're made. Plan your visit at butler.edu. Who's hot? Cartwright pushing again up tempo. One on three. Stops, drives, scores! Oh, man, he didn't got fouled. That'll put energy in this building. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. John Rook with Kevin McNamara from Madison Square Garden in New York and the site of the Big East Tournament. The All-Big East teams have been announced. Uh, the Player of the Year has been announced. Coach of the Year we've already spoken to. We'll hear from the Player of the Year coming up in a couple of moments. But, Kevin, did you find any surprises? You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised by Andrew Schravitz from Butler making first-team All-League. Butler obviously had a great season. If you ask the coaches, obviously, who they think Butler's most important player is, it's Andrew Schrappitz, and that's why he's a first-team All-League player. He's the ultimate glue guy, does a little bit of everything, and if Butler's going to have success here in March, he needs to be big. The uh, All-Big East first team was featured uh, by Andrew Schrappitz from Butler, Marcus Foster from Creighton, Angel Delgado of Seton Hall, Jalen Brunson of Villanova, Josh Hart from Villanova, and Trevon Blewett from Xavier. I don't think anyone was excluded who should have uh, should have been involved. The All-Big East second team features Keelan Martin from Butler, and I thought he actually could have been a, a first-teamer. Justin Pat from Creighton, uh, who we'll talk about again in a little bit. Rodney Bullock and Kyron Cartwright, both from Providence, might have been somewhat of a surprise, but Cartwright, as we'll talk about in a moment, was the most improved player in the Big East Conference this year. And Kadeen Carrington from Seton Hall, who really, when he is on his game, he can be dynamic. Great selection. It shows the depth of the league when someone like Carrington is a second-team All-League guy. Keelan Martin is a second-team All-League guy. Those guys are seasoned, experienced, really good college players. On the honorable mention role, Rodney Pryor from Georgetown, and Chris Jenkins from Villanova was last year's national championship hero for the Wildcats. The all-freshman team, Kamar Baldwin from Butler, Justin Patton from Creighton, Marcus Howard from Marquette, Marcus Levette from St. John's, Shamari Pons from St. John's, who we visited with last week, and Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova, who also had a pretty good game in his opening round of the Big East tournament. You know, John, the Big East has been fortunate to have some one-and-done rookies like Henry Ellenson last year. None of those guys are one-and-done, but that's even better because all of those guys are really good good players and will obviously just add to the health of the Big East going forward. And I actually take that back. Justin Patton may be he one may, and a half done. Yeah, you know? yeah, he may not actually. We're not sure yet. He doesn't know yet. Right. I know he was asked that question earlier this week and clearly noncommittal. You're not going to say anything, but he looks to be like he could be a legitimate lottery selection. I think that's the question. If he's a lottery pick top 12 
uh, 13 guy, I think he probably would go. It's, that's a little gray right now. He certainly doesn't want to have to be picked, you know, 24th, 25th. The individual honors this week uh, in the Big East, Defensive Player of the Year, was actually split, split between three different players. Kyrie Thomas from Creighton, Mikhail Bridges from Villanova, and Josh Hart from Villanova. Josh Hart, we say his name a lot, don't we? There's a reason for that, too. We're going to see Josh Hart's name on All-American lists. I really think the nation's media is missing out on Delgado. He's had a great, great year. He's averaged 16 points and set the Big East all-time record for rebounds at 14.1. The most improved player in the league this year, Kyron Cartwright from Providence, who all he's done the last two years is basically go up against Chris Dunn, a two-time player of the year in the Big East, and practice every day. Should we also mention this is the third time in six years under Ed Cooley of Providence that a Friar has been named most improved in the league? Yes, which says an awful lot about his assistant coach and the work they do. In the last five years, a Providence player has led the Big East in assists. Kyron Cartwright did it this year. Amazing. Sixth man award off of the bench. I couldn't think of a better choice than Andrew Rousey of Marquette, although Rousey has been getting a lot of starting time late in the year for Marquette. Guy is instant offense with that shot of his. Andrew Rousey is a dangerous, dangerous offensive player. Sportsmanship award went to Billy Garrett Jr. of DePaul, and he's had a very solid career in four years in Chicago. And then as far as the uh, the player of the year, no question it was Josh Hart and Villanova, I think, from start to finish. No question about it. He's a true gentleman. I uh, was very impressed uh, with with our meeting with Josh this week. He's had an unbelievable college career, four-year college career, which is so rare in college basketball, and he does want to close with one more big-time run in the NCAA tournament. And the freshman of the year, Justin Patton, Creighton, and maybe a mild surprise surprise over Shamari Pons, but I would tell you this, Patton was named to the All-League second team as a freshman. Pons was named to the freshman team. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Patton looks like a pro. And, you know, it's interesting. I'll be curious going forward if they change the rules a little bit and say, you need to be a true freshman to be the rookie of the year. Justin right. Patton really benefited by one year of as a red shirt uh, out in Omaha. So there you go. There's your look at your uh, all Big East teams and the the player of the year in the Big East also happens to be a strong candidate for National Player of the Year honors as Kevin just mentioned. He's led his team to conference titles, even a national championship, but what does he want most? Josh Hart will tell us next this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. To walk these classrooms, these fields, these courts, is to walk in the footsteps of legends. Villanovans who have built a legacy of success, both in and out of the classroom. Bound by tradition, humility, and our commitment to each other, we are stronger together. We are fearless, relentlessly pushing ourselves to victory. We believe in Nova Nation and give ourselves to it totally, even when no one is looking. We are Villanova, and each of us strengthens all of us. Big East Focus. Brunson in the paint, back to Hart. Right wing, three-pointer, yes sir. Josh Hart delivers in front of the Villanova bench. Hart now at the foul line. Great bounce pass to Reynolds for the two-handed flush. Josh Hart's passing abilities are getting better and better and better. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East from Madison Square Garden in New York in the Big East Tournament. John Rook with Kevin McNamara, and he's done a little of everything for over four years for Villanova, and he's done everything pretty well. He's also won a lot, and he may still have some winning to do. Josh Hart is the Big East Player of the Year. K-Mac and I had a chance to visit with Hart just moments after receiving his honor. So Villanova's Josh Hart is the Player of the Year in the Big East. I'm not sure that comes as a tremendous surprise to most anybody who follows Big East basketball. Was it a surprise to you? Um, you know, definitely. Um, you, know, you have so many great, uh, great guys in this league. Um, so many people could have won it. And you know, it, it definitely was 
it was a little bit of a surprise, but it was definitely humbling. Josh, I'm curious where you think your team stands right now. Obviously, you've had another great year. It's been a great four years for you, but you know this is your team. This is you know you're a senior. Uh, you guys have only lost a handful of times. Where do you think your your team hands with with March, ready to go? Yeah, I think we're going in the right direction. The biggest thing with us right now is the attention to detail. During the year with the depleted bodies, with you know, Phil Booth not being able to play, you know, Amari, who, you know, wasn't able to get out there and practice with us. Um, Tim Delaney was hurt. Um, you know, we we had a couple injuries, so in practice we couldn't really get after it. You know how we how we have done in the past couple of years. You know, and when you're going you know, and you're getting after it in practice, you're kind of able to um, see some of your flaws. And so that's something that we haven't been able to do that. You know, every day in practice, we might be able to get have the five reps, and then the rest of it we have to watch film. So it definitely was a different, different. Uh, you know, that was different this year. It was a little bit more of a challenge, but I think we're going in the right direction. But we just got to focus on attention to detail and just being coachable and getting better. Kevin, I have to interject something here for just a moment because this is not television, it's radio, so we'll give a little play-by-play as to what Josh is wearing here today uh, to accept his award. He's got a gorgeous gray suit on, nice tie, good clip over the breast pocket, no socks with the shoes. All class, baby. Although it's a little cold for me to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, we got in a car, so I wasn't, I wasn't out there too much. So, you know, just, just walking in here and walking from the hotel, so it wasn't too bad. I like that. That's okay. You have to be styling a little bit. And you, you are a higher profile, uh, profile player this year as well. What's it been like to carry that burden all season long, knowing that everybody's got to take their best shot at you? They've all got somebody that's trying to stop you. How have you handled that? Um... I think I handled it pretty well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you, know, you want to be in this position. You know, I think um, I, I would totally be uh, out of line if I if I uh, complained about this kind of thing. And anybody would really take you know to be in this position. So um, you know, it's great, you know, but it was definitely humbling. Um, you know, you know, you're getting everybody's best shot, and and that really brings the best you know out of you. So you know, it's great to be in this position just because you're playing against the best at their best. Mm-hmm. Josh, I'm curious, you know, number one seed here in the Big East, uh, the talk is you'll be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. How important was that to your team coming down the stretch here? Um, not not really. That's something that we never really talked about. Uh, you know, even at the beginning of the year, we never talked about you know, defending a national championship or, or you know, defending Big East, um, you know, champion. We, nothing, anything like that. Um, we were focused on becoming the best team we can be at the end of the year. And we're not there yet, you know, not, not by a long shot. Um, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll definitely take it. Don't get me wrong. You know, we'll definitely take um, those things. But we got to know, you know that you know, this is nice, but we got a lot, we got a lot to, to get better at. Well, look, let's take that just a step further because, you know, you won a national title a year ago with last year's team. How does this year's team, in your eyes, compare to the team that you had last year? I can't be possibly the first person to ask you that question. So if you, now that you have a little bit of time to sort of recollect that, where do you think you, you measure up? It's definitely difficult to, uh, to measure that just because the teams are so different. Um, one thing I think... With this year, it could be better just because the, I think we have more younger guys, so the, I think the ceiling could be higher just with uh, you know their development. And you know, as long as everyone's focused on getting coach, you know, being coachable and getting better, um, uh, you know, I think we can make make a good run. But you know, we have to have attention to de- you know, attention to detail. That's something that we struggle with. You know, throughout the whole season, you see us you know get you know, get you know, 15, 20 point leads, and then 
know, we'll kind of, our tenth of detail will slip, and that, you know, one possession, will, two possessions, and that would just carry over, carry over, and you know, in a couple minutes we'll be up 15, then we'll be up two, yeah. and that's something that we've been battling this whole year. So that's something that we know is something that we're trying to get better at, um, and I feel like these guys, you know, this team can get a lot better <laughs> in that aspect. Okay. I got one thing that you can do. Win the Big East tournament. That's you know obviously you cut down the nets last year, but you couldn't get this one. I'm sure that's priority number one this weekend. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know we we're, we're competitive. We want to win. Um, obviously we got to take it one game at a time. You know we're going to go back, watch the the Georgetown and St. John's game, and, and get ready for our opponent tomorrow. Um, you know, but no, that that that's that's goal that's uh, goal uh, number one. And you know, we're going to. Leave it all out there in the court to to you know try to to try to get to that spot. You know, obviously last year, getting to the championship and not being able to cut down the nets was tough, um, but it was a learning experience. And I think you know, as long as everyone is dialed in, um, focused, you know, I think we have a good chance. Can you give us your overview, if you could, for just a moment on what you thought the competition was like this year within the Big East? Players that you uh, that you noticed, teams that you thought uh, were particularly strong, good matchups for you. Uh, what struck you? What are you left with as far as an impression Big East play this past season? Oh, phenomenal. Uh, I, I think it's been one of the best. Just, just you know, if people came out of nowhere, you know, nowhere. You know, obviously, um, you know, Foster at, at Creighton, who wasn't able to play last year, you know, definitely came, you know, took the league by storm. You know, Justin, um, who, who, who's a freshman, had, you know, a, a, a great year. Uh, Mo Washington, who had a great year. Uh, you know, there, there's so many players. You can t- name players on literally every team. You know, Billy Garrett at DePaul. Um, you know, Baldwin from from Butler, who's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you put him with with, with Keelan Martin and, and Shradbad, and you have a heck of a team. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, you, you can go down the line. Um, you know, with the, with these players and these teams, and I really think just strength wise, this is one of the best you know the best years for the Big East. Um, you know, you, you you can't take any team here or any player here lightly. Josh, last one here is, uh, you know, you're a senior. Again, you have a national championship, potential uh, national player of the year, Big East player of the year. It's been a, a really exciting and great four years for you. Now that you're a senior, a lot of perspective. Can you just, can you crystallize it at all? Yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy that, you know, knowing that this is my last last month, you know, of, of college basketball. Um, you know, it, it's, it went by fast. I, I would say that to any any freshman now, any incoming freshman that, you know, you got to really you know, take everything serious just because th- these four years go by fast. Um, and it, it's been memorable. You know, obviously, you know, we, we've had some pr- pretty successful years, um, you know, in, in the past three, four years. So that always that always helps, uh, you know, things go. But, you know, it, it's, it's amazing that, you know, my time's almost up here, but it's been amazing just to compete against these guys on a nightly basis. You know, you're going to get some of the best coaches. Um, you know, it, it's crazy, but you know, it's been a it's been a great four years. I've got one more for you. Fill in the blank. Josh Hart will be blank one year from now. A true professional. <laughs> I, I think that would probably be the best thing. Um, you know, no matter where I am, um, you know, I'm gonna just. You know, just try to be a professional on and off the court, and, and that's the biggest thing you know, that I really want to achieve. It's not about you know making it to the NBA and being you know the the star or or, or anything like that. It's about just being professional, you know, being a man, you know, a man of character, and that's something I really want to be. You know, so hopefully, you know, next year if you if you ask me that, I'm like, I would love to say yeah. You know, <laughs> that answer I had in that fill in the blank, yeah, that was true.
We wish nothing but the absolute best of luck to Josh Hart. What a class young man. What a great representative of Villanova University and the Big East Conference. Have no doubt that he will be the consummate professional in another year. The National Perspective is next, and we turn to a guy who has into his fifth decade of covering college basketball and the Big East Conference to give his insights on just who might be dancing next week. Jim O'Connell of the Associated Press is next this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective. As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. National Perspective. Delgado, 15 feet away, backs his way in against Hoff, goes to the bucket, lays it up, no good. Rebound taken by Delgado, he pops it toward the rim, no good, gets his own rebound again, layup, good, out of foul, the basket counts. Delgado, relentless. John Rook, Kevin McNamara, this week in the Big East from New York City's Madison Square Garden. Time now to take a look at the big picture as best as we can, getting ready uh, on the eve, if you will, of Selection Sunday and turning around for the NCAA tournament this next week. Jim O'Connell has been covering college basketball in this country now, going into his fifth decade. He certainly has seen... All 35 of the Big East tournaments here, celebrating the 30th anniversary again, as we've been talking about, but all 38 of them overall, Jim. So you go as far back and have as much perspective on this event as anybody. So how has the new Big East, as opposed to what the previous incarnation was, how have they handled this first four years in your estimation? I, I think they've done a tremendous job of being a basketball-centric conference. And uh, they have the same kind of schools that all have the same mission. They're all looking for the same thing. Uh, they've done away with the horrible big ogre of football, so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, I think they've done a great job. And they had teams at the top of the conference who were good enough to carry them and, and make them, you know, a legitimate. If they're not considered a Power 5 conference, they're number six right outside it. And probably with the, with the way the Southeastern Conference has struggled the last four years, they, they certainly are, are within the Power 5. I, I call it the... Football five because in uh, in basketball the Big East is a, is in the top five. There's no there's no two ways about that. I'm curious, Jim. You mentioned that they have you know those flagship uh, teams at the top. It's obviously Villanova, very different Villanova team. Uh, your perspective on Villanova and uh, luckily a number one seed. Can, how deep can they go? Oh, uh, well, I think you know last year I don't think anybody was predicting them to win it right away, but we saw how how well they play. And the thing that amazes me about Jay Wright and the way he can coach is he's coaching with only a six-man rotation for the most part. And that's a hard thing to do, but he has guys who really buy into his system. They make it work. And uh, Josh Hart's just a tremendous player. And then you see a kid like Dante DiVincenzo go off and come up with 25 points out of nowhere. Chris Jenkins still taking threes like he's winning a national championship. So, uh, you know, I don't, can they repeat? Yeah. But, you know, is it likely? Probably not because uh, I, I think they're going to have trouble with the depth issue somewhere along the way. You know, if they run into a team like Carolina again from last year, Carolina goes 9-10 deep. Sure. And, and they're going to make it up. So, uh, you know, I think they have to watch that and, uh, and do it. But Jay does a masterful job of uh, playing with just six guys. Who else do you like as a potential second weekend? Uh, it's funny. Uh, team, because – 
coming into this week, I said, well, it looks like they're going to get seven teams in, which is really impressive, but I'm not quite sure who's good enough to win two games uh, besides Villanova. Right. No, I, I think Butler can. Butler's a different team than they were even just two weeks ago. Uh, they really turned things around. Chris Holtman's done a nice job there. And they have guards now who believe they know what their job is, they know what they're doing, and I think that makes a difference with them. I think Butler will definitely be playing on the second weekend. And uh, after that, it depends on who the draw is. Is it important for the Big East to get another two teams or another even three teams to play into that second weekend, Jim? It seems to be the only piece... The missing puzzle here, uh, because Villanova won it all last year, but now we're talking about depth, the quality depth within this league, and there still seems to be some doubt about that in some circles around this country. Oh, definitely, and that, that's what people are waiting for. They want to see how many teams do advance, because really the second weekend is how you measure a conference, how many teams are playing that second weekend, and you know some of the conferences, boom, they're gone in a heartbeat, and I think the Big East has to have those teams come up and win those first two games, and if you're a good team, usually the first game you get in a big advantage because you're playing somebody who's not that good or a smaller school and then it's that second game that's the game where they have to come through and they just haven't been but I think they have a couple of teams who can do it Seton Hall I tell you they, they are just a tough bunch of guys if they a are. fight breaks out I'm getting behind them because they they are yeah. just tough guys and Delgado gets every rebound that goes up he just comes down with it I could see them going after people and uh, getting into the second weekend let me ask you about Marquette now, they fizzled out a little bit this week in New York but at the same time with the offensive uh, energy that they do seem to progress when they have the shot going they're really hard to slow down is that a team that could shoot its way into the sweet 16 oh I think definitely that they'd be considered to do that but the thing with them is I think they go with their big guys and if their yeah. big guys play well and come at it and really go I think it's going to be a you know a chance for them to be in the second weekend but if the big guys don't come in the way they're supposed to it's going to be tough and uh, you know I mean you saw them a guy like Fisher you know he's seven foot go in there get the ball if a guy like Fisher had the will of a Delgado you know, that he'd be a star in the NBA already, and he'd be out of Marquette. But that's they need their big guys to come through for him. Sure. And the word on the street, by the way, Ark, is Angel Delgado will be your guy. He's, he's got your back. Oh, thank you. That's who I want to hear. No question. <laughs> I was going to go with you, but I'll take Angel instead. <laughs> I'd go with Angel, too, so I, I don't feel badly. You know, I, I think it's almost a math equation. You know, some of these leagues are so big that, you know, they get six, seven teams in, and it's barely 50% of their size. When the Big East gets seven, yeah, it just increases your chances to, to punch through to that second weekend. You, you would yeah. think so, number one. And, and number two, that 70% barrier, no one's done that yet. I mean, the Big East in 2011 got 11 teams in, but that wasn't quite – that was a little over 50. Well, no. Actually, that was close, it's right, close. overall. Yeah. 11 out and the Big 12 15, has been close. 16, the Big 12 has also been close with it as well. But it seems to be like somebody's always pushing that mark a little bit in terms of what constitutes uh, conference success in, in the big dance. What does to you in particular – cover this for now for 40 years going into a fifth decade as we said what makes a conference and or a league successful in terms of uh, looking at their pedigree well I, I, there's two parts of the season to it and one is the pre the preseason games where you know now that tv has all these great matchups going on and there's a tournament of champions and there's maui always has a great field and if you do well in that then, then you're stamped for the conference season you go and have your conference season and then you come up to the ncaa tournament and i think that's where we were talking about the second weekend. That's a huge thing. But I, I think there are some conferences. Kevin mentioned the Southeastern Conference before. 
you know, they have Kentucky and Florida this year, and then it drops way off. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about a conference like the Big East. It doesn't drop way off. When you go, you know, Villanova to Butler, there might be a little bit of a gap. But then you go Butler to Marquette to Seton Hall to Xavier. It's not a big drop at all. You know, they're all right there. So I think that, uh, you know, that's a mark of a successful conference to me is that they're all bunched up and they're all right. They, they, you can't just say, well, this is these are the two best right. teams. Right. That there's more teams in there than that. Uh, I'm curious. You know, you watch you watch a lot of games. I know <laughs> we've been friends for a long time. Who, who do you like around the country? Uh, I think North Carolina. Uh, they just they get up and down the court so well. Uh, their transition offense is scary, and and they're so deep. They're one of the few deep teams. You know, he can go to number ten, and number ten still a high school All America, and he's bringing them in. Mm-hmm. So I think Carolina is, is a team. I'm really looking forward to see how they pick things up. Another team coming from the ACC as well. I think Louisville is a really good team, and uh, Patino gets them going. You know, and, and he has had taken them to the Final Four. You know, he's he's won a national championship with Kentucky. He knows how to handle the NCAA tournament, so I'd watch him. And then for the first time in a while, we can say it, there's some West Coast teams that matter. You know, usually the world ends right around Lawrence, Kansas, and they blow the rest of it up. But uh, this year there are some real teams out on the West Coast, and UCLA, what UCLA is going to do is they're going to say, look, we're going to score 89 points. If you can get 90, you win. You know, and that's what they're going to do to you. And then there's some other teams out there that are, that are pretty good. Arizona's a very good team. And after, and Oregon, with Dylan Brooks, he just waits until he's going to hear the buzzer, and then he goes and nails one and it gets Oregon another win. And Gonzaga, it's a litmus test yeah, from right, the Zags, uh, obviously. You know, and yeah. uh, it's amazing. You know, the Final Four is such a tough thing to do. You know, it's a four-game winning streak, but two of the games are really tough, and Gonzaga's never been able to do it. And I think that's something that's just hanging around Mark Few's neck, and he, he has to get there. And if, if he can't get there with this team, I don't know if he's going to have a team more loaded than this one. You know, to have the big center in the middle and you have guards that can really go after it. You know, he has the perfect setup to go, and he's going to be a number one seed, stay out on the West Coast. So, you know, even the Final Four is on the West Coast, so right. they're going to be able to just stay with nice short plane rides. Hawk, it's good to have you here with us. Thanks again. Appreciate it, and uh, great to see you this week. Oh, thanks. It's uh, I'm used to If I'm not here, they hold the first game up, and they go, where is he? You know, we got to make sure he's here. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right, by the way. I the, want you to know that. It's not a Big East tournament without Jim O'Connell here in the These house. are the best few days in, in college basketball to me when you just, as Coach Carnes Secchi used to say there's nothing better than a neighborhood fight, and that's what these guys all are. It's, it's a neighborhood, and, and it makes it a lot of fun. Spoken like a true St. John's guy right there. <laughs> we like that. Jim O'Connell, Associated Press. Thanks so much, Jim. All right, who's got next? For several of these Big East teams, next means next week in the NCAA tournament. Possible seating, possible placing, and how many go dancing. That's next this week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next this week in the Big East? Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com slash VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. Who's got next? Villanova with the basketball. Brunson comes in the front court with seven. Brunson attack. Brunson goes to the basket. He missed the layup. The top no good. Marquette's got it. One point. They've done it. They have done it. The greatest regular season win in Marquette history. 
Welcome back once again this week in the Big East. John Rook, Kevin McNamara at Madison Square Garden here in New York as we wrap this thing up. Kevin, first of all, I want to say that uh, I thought this year was a lot of fun to watch. We had some younger players begin to make their way and to make their names known in the Big East Conference. Some of the conference's old guard also managed to really step forward and prove that they have improved over the course of their four-year career but it was a nice mix i thought of youth and experience it was a surprising year to me in all honesty john we all knew villanova was going to be good after that we really didn't know who else would be very good i think we knew creighton had potential then they had a devastating injury to their point guard same thing happened with xavier and yet I think they're going to have seven teams in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we talked about that with uh, Jim O'Connell just a short while ago. 70% of the league, I mean, that's got to be a new bench watermark, I think, for overall conference success in this country. When, you know, the Big East had 11 teams back in 2011, we might get the ACC with another 10 teams in this year out of the 16 they have in that league or 15 they have in that league. But, you know, 70% of your league, that's got to make some kind of a statement, doesn't it? Yeah, I also think it's, you made mention of it on the lead in here. It's a young league. You know, Providence doesn't have any seniors. They don't lose anybody. Uh, you know, Villanova, the, the rise of Villanova's team this year is because of the young guys, DiVincenzo, my, uh, Bridges, you know, really important, important guys. Seton Hall doesn't lose anybody either. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Marquette has an awful lot of, you know, Marcus Howard, uh, Hauser. You know, there's a lot of good young talent in the league, which bodes well going forward. We uh, also have to mention St. John's. Cannot leave oh. St. John's out because they're freshmen. That backcourt is dynamic. If they keep that entire mix together, look out for the Johnnies over the next couple of years. You know, uh, we've been down here for a while now, and I've talked to some St. John's people, and they're really excited about it. They have two transfers who are sitting out right now, and uh, Justin uh, Justin Simon, Simon from and, Arizona, and Clark. Marvin Clark from yeah. Michigan State. Those Correct. two guys could be instant starters. They've been in the program for a year, you know, going to practice every day. St. John's is going to be a factor, no question. What do you think about next week overall? If seven teams do get in, who can make a run? Uh, you know, who do you think is set for some success? I like Seton Hall a lot. I, I like their experience. I like their toughness. I think they really shot themselves in the foot last year going into the NCAA tournament, just not ready to go. Gonzaga jumped all over them. Really bad matchup if you think about it. They're going to learn from that experience. I think, I think they're going to be dangerous. I think Creighton is dangerous because they can score. You know, teams in the NCAA tournament who come out and put up 80 points, that's impressive. And I, I think both of those two teams have the ability to do it. Obviously, Villanova, it would be a major surprise if they're not in the Sweet 16. I would have to add to that mix Marquette, even though I know they stumbled in the Big East tournament this week. Marquette's ability to shoot from outside when they're on, I've, I haven't seen a better shooting team in the country this year. They're a true matchup team. If, if they're in a game where the other team wants to just go up and down just like they do, They'll outscore a lot of teams. If they find a team that really wants to defend and has some size Which inside. Which is what happened to them this week in New York. And Seton Hall got out and defended them. Can someone do some damage and make the Final Four? Villanova certainly is a Final Four level team. Uh, I, I do think that they're the only candidate, though, in this league. Okay. Overall, we appreciate the time this year. It's good to be with you again, buddy. It's been fun. Our thanks to Butler head coach Chris Holtman, Villanova guard Josh Hart, and Jim O'Connell from the Associated Press for joining us this week. Our thanks go out to the flagship stations at each of our member institutions for all of their assistance throughout the course of the season in providing the sound that brings us just a bit closer to the big moments in the game that we all love. Thanks also to Chris Majikowski for taking care of us here in New York this week and our facilities in order to bring the program to you from the world's most famous arena at Madison Square Garden. Thanks to our producer, Kevin. Kevin Collins, and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member institutions. For 
Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook, and thanks for being with us this season. And you know what? If you like what you've heard over the past 11 weeks, well, let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes or hit us up on Twitter, at JR Broadcaster, at Kevin McNamara 33. We'll talk hoops with you at any time, right, Kev? Absolutely. Please give us that feedback. Absolutely. And we'll be back same time next season, this week in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.